Hey everyone, and welcome back to the SC Podcast. I'm your host, David Hargett, and today we have a very special guest for you. He's an icon in the SC Pi community. He's devoted himself wholeheartedly to building our ecosystem, and he's a founder, a wise young man, and all around great guy. Please give it up for our intrepid leader, Mr. Nate Fialkoff, the president of SE Pi. Okay. Well, after quite a bout of technical difficulties, here we are, Nate, in the studio. Really, really, uh, we, we are here. We are here better than ever. Oh, Finally yeah. got everything working. It's an honor and a privilege. Nate, he's figuring out how to use microphones. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's for all of us. Because he's kind of a big of a, he's a big recorder. He's a music producer. He's learning the guitar. He's got the keyboard. What are, what are some of your, your songs that you've been working on lately? Tell us, Musical Nate. Well, um, you know, I've been working on the song called Greenland with uh, Maya and Keki, actually, who are also brothers of S.E. Pi. Um, we had a nice little uh, music recording session where they wrote all the lyrics and me and my friend from Kalamazoo uh, tried to produce something. Um, they only gave us the lyrics in exchange for a uh, Drake Bell. You, uh, what is the what is the uh, intro to Drake and Josh song? I could not tell you. Oh, man. Well, we had to send a cover of that over before they sent the lyrics. Uh, so you guys be on the lookout for that. It's going to be pretty stellar. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. A little quid pro quo action going on here. But, you know, Nate, we're so, we're so happy to have you with us today. You're an icon in SE Pi. We, we love and adore you. You're our fearless leader. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got involved with SE Pi and what your experience has been ascending the ranks to president, right? You've been foundational to this club so we'd love to hear your story yeah um so i rushed second semester of freshman year and um my story began in first semester freshman year when my uh the only club that i joined was like taekwondo i didn't really find my community they asked me to like pay 120 bucks to stay in it i'm not trying to do that 120 bucks is only worth it when it's su pi so um i'm uh you know i'm walking around and i'm like man need to find this community, decided to go to Winterfest. And um, I walked past a random booth. And some of you might know somebody named Emma Kirst, who was our former president. Um, and uh, I, at the time, I didn't know this, but I heard a voice and I heard her voice kind of chirping. She's like, anybody interested in entrepreneurship? And me, myself, I was a little bit interested in entrepreneurship. My dad um, has run our family business for kind of a long time. And so I've always had that kind of feeling of, oh, I can be my own boss. That's something that's possible. And so I just decided, you know, on a whim to turn around. And um, she kind of gave me the spiel. And she was like, you know what? This is what, you know, SE Pi is, which was actually ENT at the time. And uh, then she gave me like the kicker, which was there's ice cream at the mass meeting. And I was like, I have to go. So I went. Um, I, I attended the first Wine Wednesday, which was that night after the, the mass meeting. And uh, I was kind of in after that. And uh, in terms of like why I've been so invested in SEPI since then, um, not only have I found my community, but also I never had any leadership experience in my life prior to joining SEPI. Um, I really like, I was literally just a Jimmy John's delivery driver prior to joining SEPI. Like that's all I had on my resume. I was freaked out when I was rushing because I was like freaked out but freaky fast freaky fast you got it and um I, I, yeah I was freaking out but then I ended up getting in and I kind of learned of all the opportunities that were available and so SEPI was like the first community that actually believed in me and so by believing in me 
I uh, ended up becoming class president. And then um, Emma and Daniel, a couple other people who were on exec at the time, like called me and made sure that I ran for exec board, which I didn't even think I should do because I was too young and I was like way too inexperienced to be like the head of the professional development of the entire fraternity with my background. Um, but they, they believed in me. So I did it anyways. And um, ended up becoming what's now the VP professional for the fraternity for my sophomore year um, and uh, ran a couple of tracks. Well, ran the Chicago track, actually. And then um, the next year I became COO, which was effectively the same position. Um, and, you know, that e-board was pretty much say the same. Emma was president again. Daniel was the finance guy again. I was the professional person again. So we had a good amount of stability in the fraternity at that point. And then COVID hit, uh, not that much stability after that, but um, I, I, love, I love this place. And so I you know, continued on to, to president after that. You know, Nate, it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? You come in for the free food, they get you to stay forever. If it's free, it's for me. You fall in love with the club, it's perfect harmony. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of these tracks that you were so instrumental in organizing, right? Because you've had a pretty big influence on them. So yeah, um, I, I think our very first trek was um, in my second semester, sophomore year, I think it was like 2018 or 2019. And um, that was the first trek that SU Pi had ever done. Um, and I really had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. The only reason that it came together was because I asked a bunch of brothers about treks that they had been on previously, and they gave me a bunch of advice. So um, what ended up happening is we went to Chicago, we met companies like Tempest, which was this kind of biomedical company. Uh, we met Trust, which is a real estate startup. Um, and we got an Airbnb, just hung out, got close together, have a couple fun videos from that Trex still. And, um, and that was the start of it. And I think one of the cool things about Trex and the reasons that the reason we started doing Trex in the first place is that startups don't really have the ability to come to Michigan and recruit like other companies, especially in a non-COVID world. Um, and so what we decided to do was we wanted to go out and we wanted to meet them. And not only would we go out and explore the entrepreneurship ecosystems and communities, but also what would happen is that all those people, the founders of these companies would see this group of kids who are, are so invested in entrepreneurship that they chose to take a weekend of their time to go out to Chicago or New York just to meet them and learn about them. And, you know, if, if a brother wanted to get a job at that place, then it becomes so much easier because they know who we are. And, um, the, I think some of the coolest moments of, of my life and, and my time at college have been when some of those tracks have resulted in internships for the brothers. And, you know, that's been super fulfilling to see texts from brothers saying, hey, like, I, I got this internship at this place because of this trek. And, um, you know, that, that's an exciting thing. So that's why we started tracks. And um, I think the New York one ended up being successful. And of course, like, Jacob did an incredible job with the Chicago Trek last semester. I think that was our best Trek ever in terms of speaker quality, even though it was COVID. So that's cool. And I'm super excited for what Keki's going to do this semester. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's very much a mutually beneficial relationship, right, Nate? We come and we hear these amazing speakers. We get to pick their brains, learn what it's like to become a serial entrepreneur and all the struggles and exciting moments that come along with that. But also we're able to provide them our own talent, resources, interests, and give them a pool of people to, to join their their ventures, their, their opportunities. And so it allows all of us to come together and sort of flourish in this entrepreneurial ecosystem. But, you know, you're also highly involved with building the ecosystem here on campus. And that often takes the form of different events, most recently the start event. So I'd love to hear about what that event was and what were some of the outcomes of that experience? 
All right. Yeah. So one of the, uh, the, the biggest lessons that I've learned in SE is, is the importance of community. And I was actually taught that by one of the previous brothers. He's an alumni now named Michael and he kind of showed me how, you know, the community needs to work together if we want to grow. And that's kind of why I've had this community focus. That's why I did, you know, startup career fair. Um, and, it, you know, some, some reasons why I did startup career fair a year ago and start was just kind of one uh, manifestation of that. Um, it was really Blake's brainchild combined with me brainstorming for a while. Blake wanted to do something for um, Winter Bash and then, uh, you know, as kind of a rush event. Um, but we decided on this thing, which was START, which could help the entire entrepreneurship community. And so the mission, mission of START was basically this. You know, we have a ton of entrepreneurship events where speakers come in, talk about their experiences, which is so valuable. But what we don't have all the time are people who know what it's like to be student founders. And what we also know is that there are so many students who want to start something right now while they're in college and don't want to wait until after college to start their venture. And so we wanted to bring in speakers who knew what that experience was like, who could share the, you know, the, the joys, the struggles, the, uh, the, the ability to you know, balance sleep and friends and their startup, um, bring all those people into a room together and kind of share their experiences to students who want to do something like that right now. And that's what we did. So it was a uh, it was on January 27th. It was a kind of four hour long event um, with those sorts of speakers. We covered everything from how to build a perfect team um, to when you should drop out of school to continue on your startup. But I think one of the best parts about the entire event um, was the fact that we actually were able to partner with every single entrepreneurial organization on campus um, to, to put this on. And our main partner was V1 Entrepreneurship, which is a Discord community. Um, it's an online community for creators uh, at University of Michigan. And they were so valuable in this. Um, they were the perfect partner. And they helped source a bunch of the speakers and brainstorm and figure out how we wanted to structure the event. Um, so we could not have done it without them. And then we also had two networking sessions where we partnered with Empowered Entrepreneurship, M Product, um, Contrary Capital, Upround, Shift, uh, they all came into a room together and we had a sort of entrepreneurship festival of sorts, um, which I th thought was also important because it's kind of hard to you know, get a community together, especially during these COVID times. So I think it was cool to have everybody all in the same room. Absolutely, yeah, it was, it was a really powerful experience because you see how many different entrepreneurship communities there are on campus, right? There's so many opportunities, but especially in COVID, like you mentioned, it's difficult to, to know where to look to find these. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about SE Pi is that our brothers are so involved in all these different communities. Somebody's got their toes in every single one, right? Yeah. Regardless of what you need, there's somebody out there who has that experience. And so SE Pi did a really good job of kind of being that glue, the link that connected all of these opportunities and provided a forum for students to really explore yeah. what they're interested in and, and take that entrepreneurship interest to the next level. Uh, so that, that's a really really powerful event and one that I certainly enjoyed hosting. And yeah, you are a brilliant moderator, David, I must say. <laughs> You're too kind to me. You make me blush. But, but Nate, you actually were a speaker at this, at this mm -hmm. event, talking about your experience with Humankind, which was mm -hmm. a venture that you started in light of COVID mm -hmm. uh, about a year ago now. I mean, time is flying by. That's kind of crazy. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience and some of the lessons you learned uh, with that Humankind opportunity, with that Humankind venture. Yeah. Uh, just walk us through the beginning from the idea and to where you are now with it. Sure. Humankind Michigan um, kind of rose, like as, as, as you were say, saying, David, because of COVID. And um, a, friend in, a friend of mine named Leo and I kind of were like, we want to do something right now to help. We didn't know what it was, but we just wanted to do something. And so as we were thinking about this, the idea that came to mind 
through a series of coincidences, was just kind of creating a college student community of volunteers who could help tutor kids um, who had been affected by you know, the COVID pandemic and the blast to the educational system. And so that's what we did. We, we just decided you know, we want to go and partner with nonprofits who have a bunch of students who have tutoring programs and get college kids who want to help and who can help virtually. Um, and so we threw some posts out in Facebook, um, got a bunch of responses, um, brought everybody into a Slack channel and just kind of started sourcing all these nonprofits and um, a bunch of kids to help. And it ended up being a, a really incredible experience, super fulfilling. Uh, we were able to help about 500 kids over the summer. Um, and, you know, that's something that I'm so glad that I did, even though I'm not a part of right now. Yeah, you, you were kind of speaking about lessons because um, at start, I, I talked a little bit about, oh, I was on the, the failures panel because I'm not a, no longer part of it. And um, it didn't, you know, flourish and become like the exiting startup story that you, that you normally hear about. Um, but I, I think I did learn, learn some great lessons from that. The first one is this, like the reason I left Humankind Michigan at the end of it all was that that organization, though it was good and though it was a valuable thing for me to do, um, it didn't align with my own personal why. And um, I, when you have an organization that's as mission-driven as Humankind Michigan was, um, you, need, and you need to have the co-founders, you need to have the leaders as people who fully align with that mission. And like, that's, that's their personal way that they want to impact the world. And, and that just wasn't it for me. Um, and so that it took a long, long process of kind of understanding and uncovering myself to realize that that was true, because I kind of thought in my mind, like, maybe I'm just not putting enough effort in. Maybe I'm just like not doing these things right. And that's why it's not working. But really, it was more just that since I didn't have that mission alignment, nothing flowed easily. There was it was always friction in what was going on, even if it was just a little bit uh, kind of an underlying current. Um, it, it was enough to build up over time and kind of stop this process of a good flow of work. And so that was one huge thing for me and one reason why I left. Um, the other reason why I left was because um, I, you know, I still don't know how to do this well. Um, leading a team is hard. Leading a team is really, really hard. And um, I, think, I think those things work together in, in humankind. Like if maybe if I had that same mission alignment as the rest of the team, then leading them would have been a little bit easier. But um, what ended up happening is that, um, you know, the team dynamic didn't work super well. They felt like there was a lot of like top down approaches of leadership, which um, me and my co-founder so did not want to do, but it ended up feeling like that anyways for the team members. And so throughout the whole process, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, really how not to lead a team. Um, and I learned this mission thing, which is huge. And I, I learned a couple of other things along the way, but overall, I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Yeah, I think that why is something that's so important and, and often overlooked. It's really easy to just follow a certain trajectory going through life, going through college, right? You, you work super hard to get into a good college and you work really hard in college to get a good job. And it's kind of this traditional path that it's really easy to get lost in that herd mentality and not really pursuing options that are fulfilling or matter to you are, are in alignment with your why, as you mentioned, Nate. And I think taking that time to, to reflect and understand what your why is, is so critical because you could have easily just skated through working with humankind. You know, you're doing good work. You're serving 500 people. Yeah. It's certainly a valuable experience, like you mentioned, yeah. right? It would have been very easy for you to continue on that path, that trajectory without it actually bringing you that joy, that contentment that you were looking for. And so mm -hmm. I think 
it often takes some courage too, first of all, to start a venture, right? That's that's commendable in its own right, but also to step away from it too, when you realize that's not the right path for you. And I think part of what SEPI does a really good job of is allowing students to see opportunities outside of the traditional mold, right? Yeah. Not every business student has to go into consulting or banking and not every mm-hmm. graphic designer has to go work for a big marketing agency. You can, you can pursue your own path. And I think that that sense of agency is really powerful. And that's something that SEPI certainly provides. But like totally you said, agree. even at the end of the day, still a worthwhile experience because you're learning so much about yourself. You're growing through this process. You're being molded by these experiences. And like I said, in the last podcast, there really is no failure, even if it's not traditionally the objective outcome that you might be hoping for. You still serve 500 kids. You still learned a lot about yourself. You still had a really positive impact in connecting students who didn't have an opportunity to learn because of the COVID challenges and also college students who didn't have a chance to maybe work on their internships or wanted to give back and find that sense of community during COVID. So certainly can't call it a a failure, despite what your uh, moderated title might have been. (laughs) Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And I just want to jump in super quick and and say one thing that I learned that could be valuable to other people. when I was going about that process of leaving, right? Like you said, it could be hard to leave and it was really hard to leave because these are a bunch of my friends. These are the people that I've spoken to every day for the entire summer. Um, And not only that, but I also felt sort of guilty, right? I felt like I should have done, you know, better for the organization. It was, you know, my fault that I was like this and that I was like, I didn't have this mission alignment and all of this. And, um, as I made the decision and I, after I told everybody, uh, there was a night where a couple of the members came over to my house and they came over as like a sort of intervention. And they were like, Nate, look, like we don't want you to leave if you just feel guilty. And I really appreciate that they did that because I think that if I were to leave just because I felt guilty, then it would have been a, a poor choice for the organization. And it would have been a poor choice for my trajectory um, because I, I would have, you know, kind of, that would have been the reason why I left. And, you know, maybe I would have repeated that in the future. I'm not sure. Um, but what was important to me was that I kind of stood strong even against them and said, look, like this is actually not my mission. And I know that, and that's okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely good to know and, and hear that. It really took reflection. It wasn't this product of some other circumstance. This was something that you were deciding for yourself and it's a hard decision to make, but Speaking of hard decisions, you also made a pretty courageous one this semester by mm. taking the semester off, mm. right? Not just getting your degree, not just graduating, finishing up, but you're actually going off and working with a cool startup that you got in touch with through SEPI, I believe. And it's pretty interesting, right? It's not an orthodox path, just what we've been talking about. You're yeah. finding that strength to go your own way. Tell us about it. Tell <laughs> us about this opportunity, what you're going to be doing for this next semester while still serving as president of SEPI. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually doing something totally different than that now. So it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it totally changed. So, um, I, I did first, um, decide to take the semester off and take an internship at this place called Goldcast and Goldcast, um, is this really cool video conferencing, um, startup that kind of, yeah, it does like business conferences, um, and virtually. And, and we use that for summer summit, which, um, some of you guys might know about. And so, yeah, I, I met them through Summer Summit and through SEPI and then subsequently through Empowered. I did a kind of speaking thing with them and uh, decided to do an internship with them. But then uh, it, it, it wasn't working um, and I, uh, I wasn't working for them yet. It was just that I could feel in myself the same exact thing that I felt with Humankind Michigan, which was that um, Goldcast why just wasn't my why. So I'm Christian 
And I, I prayed about that. And I was like, man, like, give me some wisdom. I need to figure out what to do for this next semester. I don't really want to do this cold cast thing. And uh, the next day, my, my dad actually called me and he was like, hey, Nate, like, I might have a job for you. I was like, what? This is crazy. And so now I'm doing this totally other thing. And um, it's, it's a Christian organization. It's kind of like a ministry position that's very much kind of focused on my faith and um, a couple of other things. And um, it's been a good experience so far working with my dad, working with a couple of other people. Um, it's a sister organization of this <laughs> this other org that's called Humankind Water, which is awful because the same exact name as the nonprofit. Um, but Humankind Water sells bottled water and then gives all the profits of that to help the clean drinking water crisis in like Uganda and India. Uh, and this organization is kind of like the Christian sister organization of it. Um, and so I've been working with that so far. Interesting. I mean, you do so much, I can't even keep track of it anymore. Hey, look at you go. But Again, another striking example of finding something wasn't in alignment with your personal mission, your vision for yourself, and then going and seeking out new opportunities. And you never know what, what doors life might open for you, right? You certainly weren't expecting this, but here it is. And thus far, been a positive experience. You went from one humankind to another, yeah. but all the while growing as <laughs> a human and growing more kind, I hope, as well. Um, so that's interesting. I didn't even know that, Nate. You're, you're taking me by surprise on air. That's never a good, <laughs> never a good thing. But <laughs> I guess we're all, we're all learning things today, which is really, really, really important. So I appreciate you for sharing that, Nate. And just last but not least, before we wrap up here, going back to your thoughts on SEPI, because like I mentioned, you'll still be president with us despite taking the semester off. And you've had a long experience, a long tenure. It's been fundamental to your college, your time in college. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear what your all-time favorite memory is from SEPI, right? We have a lot of students coming into Rush. They hear about all the cool professional experiences, the speaker series we're putting on, the bonding events. But what for you, Nate, has been personally the most impactful? Wow, this is a great question. And whenever I'm asked this question, I definitely give different answers because there are so many favorite memories that I have that I cannot ever like pigeonhole it into like one favorite moment. But the one that comes to mind right now is, is the last answer that I gave when Arashi asked it. And um, this goes back to Summer Summit, actually. So Summer Summit was this event that um, SEPI and this other org incoming in Michigan ran over the summer. And the goal of this event was to kind of help incoming freshmen get a better understanding of college before they got into college because orientation was gone. Um, they had no ability to even visit campus. And so we wanted to give them this opportunity to like understand what it would be like to actually live at Michigan. That was one of the hardest events that I've ever had to put on. And it was a uh, three-day event. It was 24 panels, 100 panelists. Um, it was concurrent panels. It was a crazy logistical problem. And um, <laughs> it was so hard to, to make sure that we got it right that I came back to Ann Arbor um, about three days before the event started. And I just lived with Ryan, Ryan Baker. Um, and I slept in Tommy Pickup's bed. And uh, we just worked. We, we, we got up in the morning. We worked on Summer Summit. And then, you know, we went to bed and got to hang out with some SEPI people at night sometimes. Now, the, the, the favorite memory of this is, is, is kind of what happened after the event. So right during the event, um, every five minutes, Ryan and I were just stressed. Like for me, I would take these deep breaths where I would go. 
right? And that's not like a, a breath of like relief, right? It's not the sigh where you're like, oh, I'm so glad everything's over. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, but I hope it's not as bad as what happened in the last five minutes. And um, so that happened throughout the entire event. But then finally, the last panel concludes and we shut our computers and Ryan and I both go into his living room and he has this big rug and we both lay down and we just breathe this huge sigh of, of relief. And um, it was awesome because even though it was like this super hard event to put on, it was one of the most like challenging professional moments of my life uh, in terms of stress level. I did it with a friend and I did it with Ryan and we ended up bonding over it. We had some incredible conversations throughout that had nothing to do with Summer Summit. And, you know, we just got to, you know, hang out and, and do this thing. And uh, that's a memory that I'm never going to forget from SCPI. And, um, you know, that that's one. And, you know, all the conversations that I've had with brothers in the past, you know, always kind of cycle through my mind um, from JC kind of telling me that, uh, when you have a conversation with somebody, it's like when you mix, it's like mixing souls with that person. That's that's a memory that comes to mind. Um, doing sing-alongs at the end of Wine Wednesdays, that comes to mind. Um, Ket Key throwing a pumpkin at your head, David, and then me not catching it, even though I was trying to save your life, that comes to mind. A near-death experience, to be sure. <laughs> those are Those are a few of the memories that I usually answer. Those are those are good ones, Nate. Those that made my soul happy. That was good. And I appreciate that we've been able to have this conversation and allow our souls to mingle today yeah. on this podcast. That's it's some really powerful stuff. And you just had such an incredible tenure. You've done so much for SCPI as an organization. And it's really it's clear how much it's benefited you as well. And the impact that you two have had on each other really has been can't be understated enough. So we appreciate you so much taking the time to share a little bit more about your experiences, help some of the rushies understand what it's like to be at the core of SEPI yeah. and how you can navigate some of life's struggles, choosing your opportunities, finding your why. At the end of the day, that's what's most important. And we hope that your why is SEPI. So thank <laughs> you for listening. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it so much. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks, David.